managing your crypto wealth, using blockchain for world consciousness, and crypto chicks from Canada, eh? We hope you've come eager for information today because we've got a trio of tasty treats for you on this episode. We'll be covering a lot of ground, so you can consider it a veritable smorgasbord. Bring an empty plate and fill it up with all this great content for episode number 395 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. I hope you paid for all you can eat today, Travis. Well, this ain't no golden corral. We got a social distance. We can't get, we can't be having buffets. No, well, it's more like, I mean, it wouldn't be a golden corral buffet. It'd be more like, you know, the Venetian in Las Vegas. I mean, nobody's there now, so you can like go fill your plate all day long. (laughs) That's true. Nobody, nobody is in there. That's got to be eerie to be going through some of those casinos completely empty when normally they're full 24 seven, you know? Yeah. Boy, it's costing everybody a whole lot right now, but it's not costing you guys anything to listen to the show. It's free because of our incredible sponsors like Donnelly Tax Firm. They've got CryptoTaxAudit.com. It's an annual membership service that provides audit defense for crypto taxpayers. It's designed for the needs of crypto owners. If you get a letter from the IRS about your crypto transactions, you're going to need crypto tax law experts fast. So the membership they're offering is your protection plan. You want to be proactive. You're going to discover when you go to the website that it costs way less than you would expect. In fact, incredibly affordable. Go to CryptoTaxAudit.com to have peace of mind and save money with ongoing crypto tax audit protection. Travis, we have a trio of interviews today. Mm, that is true that we do. Which one goes first? Do we just like roll the dice or what? Should we like do uh, like the roulette wheel or no Vegas is closed, man. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you you can't. Nobody will be there. Uh, We're actually going to speak with the crypto chick, uh, Elena, first, and she's accompanied by their hackathon winner, Ananya. And so let's just get right into this because this is some interesting stuff. Here we go. For over a year and a half now, we've had our resident crypto chick, Rachel Wolfson, doing her own show. If you're not listening to that show, then come on, get into the the podcast realm where the crypto chicks are. But long before Rachel was a crypto chick of Bad Crypto... And today we're going to welcome one of the originators of the Crypto Chicks, Elena Sinonikova, along with Ananya Chada, who is the winner of the first, the very first Crypto Chicks hackathon. So Elena and Ananya, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Elena, when did you and Natalia start the Crypto Chicks? Uh, we started it gradually uh, by opening up. Uh, so first we were starting going to conference, talking to the girls. Then we opened up a meetup group here in Toronto to teach women about crypto and blockchain technology, of course. Uh, at that time, there was uh, lots of hype around it, but not a lot of people knew what it is. When was this? About Give us a year. Uh, that was about in 2016. We decided to bring a little bit of light into the all the blockchain technology, crypto. I know that everybody wanted to 
get into the industry, but not necessarily knew what it is and how to invest and how to protect their funds. Uh, lots of people who were just interested in investment joined, but we were focusing more on explaining people about the technology, what it can do, what it's good for, not in like in terms of the investment vehicle for it. We drew on our first meetup, there was lots of people that attended, lots of women asking all kinds of questions. And back then we drew just on the board, the whole structure of blockchain, uh, what it is. We explained them the wallets, we explained them all the security around it. Uh, had lots of these meetups. And since we had lots of interest, we decided to do a big event and started with the very first hackathon and was hackathon blockchain hackathon for women only. Uh, and that's the one that Anani won. Very nice. So you set this up with Natalia Amaline, who is Vitalik's mom. That's that's pretty awesome. That's a good person to, to kind of get in with. How long have you two have known each other? And maybe how did... How did you get involved into the whole crypto space yourself? My involvement started from back when Vitalik got involved. Uh, I didn't know anything about that. Well, I knew Vitalik since he was like way before he was born. Mm-hmm. So you've <laughs> known, you've known yeah. Natalia for a long time then? For a very long time. I'm not going to tell you the number of years. All right, I'm so going to calculate that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> my, my age, yes. That's not what going to... Yes, we... Yeah, we knew each other since the very first year of the university. Oh, nice. In, back in Russia, that's where it was. Sorry? Yes, yes, very good. Oh, very good. Very good. Yes, and we studied together and, yeah, I happened to be in the same class with the, both Vitalik parents. Uh, so, yeah, uh-huh. we, we knew each other really well. And, of course, I knew Vitalik when he was just born and he was a little baby. Uh, but uh, going back to the blockchain, uh, once he got involved into Bitcoin and then he invented Ethereum, I didn't know anything about that. But Natalia asked me to help her with the wallet, installing the wallet on her Windows machine. And uh, unfortunately, Vitalik couldn't help her with that because he's a Linux guy. Mm. Yes, and uh, but both me and Natalia, we have a computer science degree, you know, and uh, we were trying to figure it out together. It was not very easy, <laughs> I have to tell you, but we figured it out. And since then, we started looking into the technology and say, oh, you know what? If, if this was not very obvious for two um, computer scientists to install the wallet, mm. it must not be very, you know, uh, easy for everybody else. So let's help everybody else. So tell us a little bit about the uh, the hackathon then. What is it and who can participate? Uh, and then we'll get into your uh, your big winner here. Uh, yes, the very first hackathon, it was just started with the idea uh, to bring together women who wanted to be educated because we provided also a free education in blockchain technology using our partner BlogGeeks who wanted to get educated, learn and build a meaningful project that helped to improve the world. Uh, we were started with the idea having like around 60 women hackers. Lots of people were very skeptical about it. They say, oh, there's no blockchain developers. You're not going to find 60 women to do it. 
Nevertheless, we had 170 applications from mm. all over the world, from the girls and the girls came from, uh, this hackathon was in Toronto. Uh, the girls came from, you know, from, from France, from England, from China, from Russia. So, so we have all this audience coming from all over the world. Ananya uh, was the one from Toronto. And at the time she was, Ananya, you were 15 years old, right? I was 16. 16. She was 16 years wow. old. Uh, and I don't believe she knew anything about blockchain technology. I believe that she took the course that we offered on the Blog Geeks and, and learned, learned the blockchain technology then. So the hackathon lasted for uh, three days uh, where girls, you know, learned together. Uh, we had mentors that helped them. And I believe Ananya was the only person on the team. She she didn't have, you know, the team with her, but she had a mentor that were help, was helping her with the coding. And uh, at the end of the hackathon, girls presented their projects on the stage. And we had lots of projects, over 30 projects back then. So, you know, the girls all team up and we resulted in like, over 30 projects. And we have all these big names on the judging panel, had Microsoft and IBM, and we had Consensus and so all the big companies that are in blockchain space and as well as like traditional technology, they were all on the judging panel. And I remember that she, I met Ananya just, you know, a few minutes before she went to the stage because the rule was uh, to have a two minute presentation. And she asked me, is it two minutes and 18 seconds? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw this, you know, this, this child's eyes and it's like, yes, of course it's okay. Two minutes, 18 seconds will do. And yeah, she went to the presentation and she just nailed it because well, I don't remember that we had stained innovations, but it was something close to that because her project was really impressive. And, and I think she can talk about that. So, Ananya, then cool. Tell us, tell us about the project that you had created and maybe what was your whole experience like there at the, uh, at the Crypto Chick Hackathon? Yeah, the hackathon was absolutely amazing. Looking back now, it like honestly definitely changed my life. Um, so I'm really grateful that they held the event in the first place. To share about my project, um, at the time, I had been working in gene editing research in Toronto for about um, a year and a half then. And wow, so, it started at 8.14? Started working yeah. in gene editing? Wow. Uh -huh. I had emailed a lab in Toronto and then was working and learning from them. Beautiful. And so there's a lot. I realized like the problems that exist in like the genomic world and like the world of getting data for gene editing because like gene editing is a field that's exploding. Like mm -hmm. there's so many new trials of people trying to like edit their genes to try and well, cure that's, diseases. That's with CRISPR, right? Yeah, with CRISPR yeah. Cas. So I realized that there's like huge problems in terms of like privacy and security of sharing your genetic data, um, as well as not getting genetic data from people from like diverse sample sets, which causes a problem because you want to make sure that like everyone in the population is represented before you make a, a drug for your data. So I built a platform at the hackathon, the very first proof of concept where people could anonymously upload genetic information to researchers' data sets. And even though they were anonymous, they could get paid for their contribution. And it was very secure. And I shared the project and it ended up winning. So that was really great. And then it was actually absolutely crazy. So after that, there was a whole bunch of consensus people in the audience. So they offered me the chance to work with them the following summer. Um, so I continued my project and helped with a bunch of different projects at Consensus as well. 
Excellent. Maybe tell us a little bit about the project specifically. Um, a lot of people get their genes sequenced from like 23andMe, um, but then people are scared because 23andMe is now like giving their data to random big pharma companies. Um, and people are like, they want to have ownership of their data. So like, because like your biological information is literally everything that makes you human. Mm-hmm. Like it's very um, sensitive and important information that it's like my th- personal kryptonite. Like, like if the wrong people get my DNA, they could know how to easily sort of stop you. You know, oh, I mean? exactly. like, oh look, he's very vulnerable to this. Here's some of this. Totally. Um, and they can do it at scale as well, which is pretty mm-hmm. scary. But like the question then becomes, so they're making a lot of drugs for people. Um, so you want to make sure that your DNA is represented in that sample set so that the drug works on you, like on everyone. Because what ended up happening was they would create drugs, but they wouldn't work for people outside of the initial sample set, which makes sense. So essentially the project let people upload um, their genetic information to IPFS, which is a distributed file sharing um, platform. And then based on that information on Ethereum, you would have a smart contract to attribute your DNA IPFS information with your public hash so or with your public key. So then if anyone were to, if the researcher would choose to add your information to their data set, you would automatically get sent um, a payment w- with Ethereum. Well, congratulations then, Ananya. What, uh, what does the winner get? It's a funny story, actually. Um, so I think it was $3,000 in Ethereum. Um, and it was very unfortunate, actually. So I was bad and I stored it in Quadriga CX. So <laughs> oh, no. Oops. Um, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> that Wait a second. That's the one where the dude was like, oh, I, he died or something, right? Or disappeared or died. And then yeah. nobody had anything. Nobody knows. Unsolved mystery. Oh, and Nani, you obviously didn't attend our meetup when we were talking about no, no <laughs> storing, storing the funds uh, and at the, yes, on exchanges. Yes. So this is something that people always do uh, and um, yeah, for the convenience, but unfortunately, yes, this is I've one of the ways to lose. Lesson. Yes. Uh, well, you're going to attend again and win again. So there we go. <laughs> Very good. Speaking of which, uh, Elena, so they're in, in uh, so there's, you guys have another event coming up in Toronto. What is it going to be in May? Is that right? Maybe tell us a little bit about what's going on. And then how did you guys decide to go ahead and keep doing it? Because we're, we're in a little crazy time in the world history right now. Yeah, time is crazy. Yes. Um, uh, our event, which we call Global SOS, and SOS uh, stands for Share Our Strength. So we open this track for the whole world. We open it to all genders and we open it to all technologies. But we will be focusing this track on creating a solutions that will help people to relieve the crisis that they're in right now and as well to prevent any future crisis like that. Because the crisis that we are in right now, it could have been preventable with the technology, you know, like all the like spreading of the virus, um, the, the tracking of the virus could have been prevented. And we know it could. And we want uh, our greatest minds to come together and come with the technology solutions for that. 
Uh, we are raising money right now. Uh, our goal is to raise 100,000 for the prizes uh, for this hackathon and also involve or all our CryptoChix chapters from all over the world because we have chapters in the Bahamas, in Pakistan, in Australia, in Kenya, in Turkey, Philippines. So all these countries uh, and more uh, will involve our partners. Uh, basically, all the countries will be involved in this a hackathon, online hackathon track. So if, let's say, everyone will still be in lockdown until end of May, which I, I don't believe it's going to be the case, but let's say worse come to worse, this hackathon will run no matter what. And it's going to be big, and we're going to help so the world to solve the problems. We're doing this hackathon also with the DAO stack uh, company, which provides us the possibility to govern all the money that we collect with the DAO. Uh, DAO is a uh, decentralized autonomous organization, uh, which is taking control from the one party and spreading the control over the entire community. So entire community can decide which prize go to which project. Fantastic. The uh, official website for CryptoChicks is CryptoChicks.ca, Changing Lives of Women and Youth. It sounds like you're doing that. Ananya can testify to uh, to that fact. So you guys go check out the website, support what they're doing. We dig the crypto chicks. Thanks so much, Elena. We appreciate it. Thank you, Joel. And also we uh, have an, another uh, separate website just for this big, huge hackathon uh, online. It's soshackathon.com. So please also go to this one. When we first spoke with Elena and Ananya, they were talking about doing an event at the end of May in Toronto, but that event has been canceled because of COVID. However, however, the online portion of their global SOS hackathon is still on for May 29th through June 7th. They've got applications from 16 countries and they are raising the prize fund now. So you can still go ahead, go to their website at CryptoChicksHackathon.com and find out what that is all about. What it's about. What is it about? Do it's, it, do it. it's about a week of hackathoning. Oh, it's crypto time, all right. Hey, Travis, why don't you uh, tell our fine citizens about SOMI? SOMI Social is a blockchain-based social media platform built for privacy and user control and content monetization. Who doesn't like to monetize, especially in times like this? Great way to earn a little extra, earn a little extra cash money. Uh, SOMI is privacy-focused and censorship-resistant, which is definitely important in today's age. Provides multiple monetization options, content and curation rewards, offers advertising revenue sharing, and a social dashboard that offers streamlined posting to all of the other major social platforms from one single platform. You can check it out today. It's SOMI. It looks like some, but with two E's, S-O-M-E-E dot social. Sounds good. And now you've got that little first portion of your plate. You know how the plates are, they kind of get those little separators in there. Mm -hmm. So you got, you know, you got your first portion in there. Now it's a second portion at the buffet. This is our interview with Zach Prince of BlockFi. With all those cryptos in your wallet and the hope of them becoming worth a whole lot of monies, you're going to need a way to manage all that wealth. And with us right now is Zach Prince. He's the CEO of BlockFi. They offer wealth management products for, guess what, crypto investors. Zach, welcome to Bad Crypto. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Is there 
just is this is such a new arena wealth management for crypto when you look at the landscape of what's out there now is there just not very many solutions yeah that's absolutely the case you know when we started blockfi in 2017 uh we actually had the idea because of an experience that i had with a bank i was trying to buy a house uh in texas where i'm originally from i live in new york now and i had invested in bitcoin the bitcoin had you know fortunately become worth more money than it was when I invested in it. And I put Bitcoin on my financial statement that I gave to the bank. And not only did the bank say, well, we think your Bitcoin is worth, uh, you know, diddly squat. We also need to put you through some extra compliance checks because we're worried you might be involved in some illicit activity. You know, we see you have a job and all that good stuff, but they basically prescribed no value to it whatsoever. And I had been working in the online lending sector uh, in a number of businesses that uh, basically provide credit into uh, parts of the financial markets where banks aren't active. And the original idea was that the same thing was going to be true for crypto. So we launched our first product in January of 2018, which solved that first problem of you've got this asset, it's worth a lot. You probably don't want to sell it if you're still bullish. You should be able to borrow cash secured by the value of your Bitcoin. And we launched that product in January of 2018. Since then, we've added a couple of more products to our uh, to our suite. We were one of the first companies to offer folks the ability to earn interest on their Bitcoin. Uh, and we also now have uh, fee-free crypto trading. So you can buy and sell Bitcoin uh, for you know, no fees on our on our platform. So would you say that BlockFi is is very similar to the you know the big buzzword we're hearing all the time now is DeFi? These decentralized finance is that is that would you fit, fit yourself into that category? Uh, I guess it depends on how you uh, how you define DeFi. Um, I think when people say that word, a lot of times they're uh, talking about you know lending activities using crypto. So in that sense, yes. But we have uh, built our company with traditional financial services best practices in mind. So what does that mean? It means we're uh, regulated company in the US. We have uh, multiple state and federal licenses, which provide consumer protections and uh, enable us to uh, work with institutional investors, which has kind of a network effect benefit to our retail clients. On the one hand, it means we have a low cost of capital. So when we're making loans, we're lending to folks at very low rates. On the other hand, we're able to uh, generate a high yield on cryptocurrency that's held in our interest account. So we're able to pay high rates to people that are holding Bitcoin with us. And, you know, the negative is that uh, we have to ask people who they are and they have to uh, go through KYC to get on our platform, which you don't have to do on DeFi. Mm -hmm. And I'd say the other big difference is that our tech stack and our user experience, uh, if you're using our products, feels like a fintech app. You know, so it feels like SoFi or it feels it feels like Square, whereas a lot of stuff that's, you know, kind of proper DeFi is built on Ethereum. And as a result, you're interacting with smart contracts and that's not necessarily good nor bad. Uh, it's just a different user experience. There's a lot of people in the crypto space and certainly we've echoed this that say, if you don't hold your keys, you don't hold your crypto. So in, you know, in the case of, uh, of your platform, who's holding the keys? And if it's you guys, how can people trust that their crypto is gonna be safe? Yeah, so BlockFi is uh, holding the keys, and we have uh, you know a lot of clients who, I think, kind of fundamentally uh, believe in 
not your keys, not your crypto. And they use a portion of their assets to interact with the services that are available on our platform in terms of how we keep things safe. So we custody all of the crypto assets uh, with Gemini, who's our primary custodian. They have insurance against uh, you know hacks and theft. They're actually the first company to get uh, insurance on their uh, storage. Um, they have cold storage. They have different types of audits. They're also a U.S. domiciled and regulated financial in, uh, you know, company. So uh, if they ever mess anything up, they're definitely going to be on the hook with you know the long arm of, of the U.S. law. And that's um, the Winklevi, right? That's the Winklevi. So they keep everything safe from a purely security of private keys perspective. And then in terms of our lending activities, uh, we built a proprietary risk management system that monitors all of our different positions and operates 24-7, just like the crypto market. And, you know, made our first loan in January of 2018. We've obviously been through plenty of periods of uh, volatility since then. Uh, and we've never lost a penny across any of, of uh, the lending that we do. So uh, that, that's how we approach it. That's my question. So you got involved. You guys started doing this in January 2018 when the price of Bitcoin was, you know, near $20,000, right? And then after that, and then over the course of that month, it it nearly halved and then went lower and then went all the way down to you know 3800 bucks or whatever the 3200 bucks whatever the number was at that's low how how do you guys manage that when if so, like say for example i you know said all right i got 10 bitcoins i want to leverage i want 10 bitcoin i want to leverage this it's worth you know $6700 right now per bitcoin so i have $67000 worth of bitcoin and so I want to borrow what thirty two, thirty three thousand dollars, and then let's say the price of Bitcoin tanks, and now my Bitcoin is worth less than the money that I borrowed. What happens then? Yeah. So uh, along the way, and this is true for someone who's borrowing dollars from us, secured by their Bitcoin, uh, and it's also true for an institution that borrowed Bitcoin from us and collateralized that position with dollars. Uh, along the way, our system will. Uh, initiate communication of warnings. You know, your loan to value ratio is not healthy. Uh, if the price continues moving in that same direction, our system will issue a margin call, which comes with a specific period of time uh, in which the borrower needs to either add more collateral, pay down the loan, or take no action. And then if that time elapses, or if the price moves further during that margin call window, our system may uh, automatically liquidate some of the collateral that was posted for the loan before that position becomes underwater and we would incur uh, you know, a loss. Get that collateral because before it becomes collateral, right? And there's nothing left of it. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of flat, that joke fell. <laughs> so how does somebody get started with this? So it's really easy. Uh, you go to BlockFi.com, uh, click create an account, uh, you can get you know fully onboarded and and start earning interest on your Bitcoin or get a uh, you know loan funded to your bank account secured by your Bitcoin in uh, minutes and it works on you know every browser. We have a mobile app coming out in April and we're also really proud of the fact that we have you know maybe the only if not one of the few uh, client service teams where there's a phone number on our website. You can call talk to someone in the U.S. who's not only well-versed in our products, but also crypto and financial services in general. Wait, so wait, you, wait, 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 wait. You have a crypto customer service? <laughs> we do. What? Uh, yeah. That's revolutionary. 
That is really unusual. <laughs> is, it, is it a dude in India or are they, you know? No, it's, 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 a, it's a team of, uh, you know, pr- probably over 10 people now. So it's not like, hello, my name is Prakesh Muhammad Abdul Kamul, but my friends call me Tim. No, it's going to, it's going to be like, it's going to be like, Hey, my name's John. And you know, John's yeah. 25 years old. He's got a college degree. He loves crypto. And while he's talking to you on the phone or responding to uh, our clients over, you know, chat or email, he's also got like the Bitcoin price up on his screen because he loves this stuff. Mm. Um, so, you know, we, we have a lot of people who call and like, just want to, uh, chat like what's going to happen to the bitcoin price this week with some of the awesome folks on our on our clients so you can just shoot the the crypto bull you know call up and see i want i want to talk crypto to somebody my family and friends don't understand i'm gonna call BlockFi. what are you wearing what are you wearing john i'm wearing khakis which uh which 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 might be particularly relevant for folks right now with all this social distancing Right, right if you're sitting at home alone and you really just want to chat crypto uh, you know, the numbers on our webpage, just uh, scroll to the bottom and give us a call. In fact, I'll just make a suggestion as a lifelong marketer. If you guys aren't doing live streaming right now and taking those questions and engaging with your audience, you're missing a great opportunity to uh, to get your brand out there more. Yeah, uh, couldn't agree more. We actually have a studio set up in our office and we were starting to do those. And we're now in the process of trying to set me up with a better background than the one you guys are looking at on the video stream so that we can replicate that. Uh, you don't need one though. You really yeah. don't. It's not about the, the polish on the production and everybody understands. I mean, even Anderson Cooper is broadcasting from home right now, you know, and wow. he's wearing a t-shirt. Everybody gets this and keeping it real, I think, and authentic is more endearing to people than trying to create something that's all spit polished professional. Well, I think I'm going to take you up on that. I'm going to get off uh, this recording whenever we're wrapped up and uh, ping, ping the team and say we need to do something. All I would this, suggest, this all I would suggest, is just get like a decent little light. Like I got this one little light, like right here. It's just a small, like little sort of selfie light type of thing. I think it cost me like ten bucks on Amazon, and it it, it literally brightens up everything because on one side of your face is a not not as bright. Maybe pop yeah, one of these dark. things on there, and then literally ten bucks, and then boom, you got How's a that? video. There you go. Where bad. should they watch yeah. for you on social channels to see these live streams that are coming soon? BlockFi has a YouTube channel. Uh, our Twitter handle is at the real BlockFi. My Twitter handle is at BlockFi Zach. And we post stuff on LinkedIn. We've got a Facebook group, we've got a uh, LinkedIn group, uh, YouTube channel. So you can, you can find us on all the major platforms. Mm. Let me ask one final question here real quick as we're wrapping this up. Yeah. Why would folks want to take a Bitcoin loan? So the, there's a fundamental underlying belief that you must have if you're going to get a loan secured by your Bitcoin, which is that the future price of Bitcoin is going to be higher than it is today. Mm-hmm. If you think the price of Bitcoin is going down, you should just sell it. That's a smarter decision for you to make. So let's assume you think the price is going to be higher in the future. There are tax benefits to getting a loan secured by Bitcoin instead of selling it. Let's say you want some money to start a business or uh, buy uh, traditional investments, stocks, bonds. Buy a loan to pay some, buy, buy some toilet paper. Yeah, buy, get some toilet paper. Uh, make a down payment on a house. Uh, renovate your kitchen. We have a lot of clients who, you know, their wife found out at a certain point how much their Bitcoin was worth and said, well, if we have Bitcoin that's worth that much, we're getting a new kitchen. And 
uh, our client didn't want to sell their Bitcoin to uh, pay for building the new kitchen. So they can get a loan secured by the Bitcoin. And No, you, honey, we're not selling my Bitcoins. Ugh, get your and, own. You know, when you sell your Bitcoin, you trigger a taxable event. So if you bought it at 1000 and now it's 6700 and you sell it, you sell one Bitcoin, you get $6,700, you have to pay taxes on your $5,700 gain. If you get a loan from BlockFi, you don't trigger a taxable event. And depending on what you use the cash proceeds from the loan for, you can probably write off the interest expense as a deduction on your taxes. So, mm. you know, in general, in the US tax system, there are these like embedded benefits uh, for taking on debt, right? We're, we, we love debt here. We incentivize debt. Um, and the same thing is true if you're getting a loan secured by your Bitcoin. So you hang on to your Bitcoin. You still have it if the price goes up. You don't trigger a taxable event for selling it. And you have cash that you can use to do things like start a business, buy toilet paper, uh, get a new kitchen, make a down payment on a house, et cetera. I think a roll of toilet paper is like one Bitcoin right now, though, isn't it? So pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I did look on Amazon. It was like they're selling for about $1.50 per roll. That's crazy. That's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah, so take your two-ply, turn it into one-ply, and you just doubled the chances that you're going to end up with poop on your hands. Yeah. All right, then. Use a washcloth. Blockfi.com is the site. Thanks for uh, for joining us today, and we'll be keeping an eye on you. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. And if you've apportioned your food on your plate properly, Mr. Travis Wright, you still have a third open for another portion. Mm. You said a lot of peas there. Portion your plate properly. Pop your peas like perfunctly. That was what you were doing. It was great. You did a little professional. I heard, heard, heard some popping going on there. So I thought I'd. Nice. A whole lot of popping going on. This is our interview with Ryan Lucchesi, uh, the president of Energy Core. How do you bring smart contracts, governance, and a self-funding treasury together in a crypto project to bring longevity and enable rapid growth and adoption? Well, our friends at Energy.World think they have the solution to that. With us is El Presidente, Ryan Lucchesi. Ryan, welcome to Bad Crypto. Hey, thanks for having me on the podcast. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Did did I kind of sum up your mission there, what the goal is of your project? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we're uh, we're looking at how to be effective in the long term. And really, that starts with funding, you know, rather than do an ICO or a pre-mine or some of these kind of one-off funding models. We opted for a model based on decentralized governance. It's a long-term funding model that uh, allows a feedback loop and some uh, recurring pattern of funding over time. And from there, that's uh, how we've we've built a really awesome blockchain. We just launched our Gen 3, which is a smart contract platform. Uh, it's got decentralized governance. It's got this funding model built into it. It's got similar to Tezos. It's got the ability to upgrade the protocol through decentralized governance and uh, tons of cool features all rolled into one amazing blockchain. So a little, yeah, bit, of this, little bit of that. A little bit. Yep. Yeah. That's that's nice. So so I think this is really interesting because you make a really great point here on your website, which is energy uh, dot world. And you, you talk about how with with Bitcoin, right, like, you know, Bitcoin's worth billions of dollars. But I mean, think of how much energy it's wasting every single year. You, you're claiming that Bitcoin is burning over five billion dollars a year just on mining expenses. 
And you say if Bitcoin had a system in place to energy, that 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 wouldn't be the case. So how does your system work? And and tell us why is this a better system than maybe how Bitcoin is, is currently being used? Yeah, it really all starts with economics. Uh, Bitcoin is, you know, I love Bitcoin. Thank you to Satoshi and all the people who worked on Bitcoin for starting this whole industry, right? But uh, the way Bitcoin was designed, it, it came up with this very uh, almost novel idea of using economics to uh, to keep the chain in consensus, right? The Bitcoin chain is in consensus because miners choose the chain that is most profitable to them, the chain that's the longest. Um, now, the process of Bitcoin mining has become a you know very big industry, as everyone knows, and um, it's something like two points where it's about to change because we have the halving coming up, which is exciting in its own right, but um, something like $2.6 billion a year going to uh, just paying the miners in newly created Bitcoin. And the fact of the matter is Bitcoin is is not at risk of being 51% attacked. The hash rate on the Bitcoin chain is tremendous. Um, there are other coins with, you know, much... It would be much easier to attack them than it would to attack Bitcoin, and they're still uh, highly secure. So, you know, what we see with Bitcoin is that in some ways we've almost overpaid the miners for the job of securing the chain. The chain in Bitcoin is extremely secure, but uh, even if we had half that many, it would still be just as secure uh, because of the economics of the way that it worked out. The cost to attack Bitcoin is relative to. Uh, what you would gain from it, right? And that's that's what we took a close look at when we were designing energy. So what we did differently is we uh, we totally changed the economics compared to most coins out there. We don't have um, we don't have this very steep inflation at the beginning that slows off over time like Bitcoin. We don't have no, a having or anything like that. Um, instead, we have a perfectly linear rate of emission, and from that uh, we have allocated the the uh, block reward as 40% goes to our treasury, which is our decentralized governance. We have the strongest treasury in the entire crypto space, which is awesome. It allows us to fund development and marketing and business operations and all kinds of other cool things. So uh, 40% goes to the treasury. We have uh, 40% goes to the master nodes, which are providing a second tier of consensus for us. 10% goes to the stakers. We originally launched as a proof of work coin, so that used to be to the miners. We hard forked into proof of stake. That 10% is keeping the uh, tier one of consensus in keeping that going. And then we have 40% final... goes to me. <laughs> no, that's not uh, how that works. Unfortunately, unfortunately, no. If you file really good treasury proposals, maybe. Well, so you guys, uh, basically people can fire up a master node. And I'm looking here at the way it works. 1,000 energy. And currently it looks like one energy is about a dollar 55 time stamping this for the date of the interview march 26 2020 seeing it a buck 55 so if somebody were to stake 1000 what kind of reward will they pull out of that node um so we're we're actually getting we just launched our gen 3 blockchain we're just we're about to get a uh, calculator up for the staking rewards and for also for the master node rewards and so we'll have like a live updated calculator. Um, it's about 30% year over year. So that's the uh, kind of ballpark estimate, but we should have a calculator to get like live 
exact so, so essentially soon. more or less if you um set up a master node with a thousand energy then you should have about 1300 after a year is that that's correct. correct. Yes. Yes, that's correct. And it's, it's actually, that's an exciting thing we just changed as well on, uh, before we launched our gen three platform, it was 10,000 energy for a master node. So we brought that down, uh, 90% to 1000 energy helped us, uh, really enable, um, more people to get into master nodes, to participate in this system and increase our decentralization, the strength of our master node network, uh, really positive changes. And that was voted in through our decentralized governance mechanism. Yeah, speaking of positive changes, I mean, your tagline is cryptocurrency for world consciousness, which sounds amazing, but I don't know what that means. So if you can maybe let, let us know, I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great tagline. I love consciousness, I, especially in this time that we're in right now. We need a little bit of positive vibe flowing through. So It's better than unconsciousness. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. So cryptocurrency for world consciousness, uh, you know, there's... There's a lot of uh, people who say like the the root of all evil is money, and that's that's not true, right? The root of all evil is unconsciousness, unconscious pursuit of money. Um, so that's that's one problem we're trying to solve. And you know, by launching a currency, a currency is the uh, basic financial instrument. You know, they'll be built on top of these systems. Essentially, every financial instrument, as well as new novel financial instruments, coming into existence. Uh, but really, what what cryptocurrency is about and should be about is uh, improving access, improving uh, the financial, you know, the availability of financial systems to people. You know, there's the whole uh, banking the unbanked kind of concept that comes from, you know, all the way back at the beginnings of, of Bitcoin. So uh, cryptocurrency for world consciousness, what it means is we're focused on improving the world. That's our mission as a, as a company and, uh, we improve the world through increasing consciousness. So there's a lot of as uh, a lot of aspects to that. You know, having a strongly community focused coin that people can get into. Um, that's part of it. Having you know good consensus models that people are able to participate in and um, produce a, a strong, resilient, decentralized network. That's part of it. Um, we have our CEO Tommy. He funds um, Energy Impact, which is a uh, impact organization designed to Im actually go physically enact positive change in the world, as well as be an educational platform about how other people can go enact positive change. So they do all kinds of awesome stuff. Uh, you know, the world's a little crazy right now with the pandemic that's going on and uh, impact is, is producing some great content out there for people about how to stay positive, how to uh, improve their situation in this, in this state of uncertain times They've got a really great website. It's impact.energy.world that is uh, intended to be a, a learning platform, really an educational platform for people to pick up some of these concepts of consciousness. So, Ryan, how are people actually using energy then? I understand that you know some people are buying, selling, trading. Some are setting up master nodes and they're participating in the mining. But how are people actually using it? So we have, um, yeah, on the on the sort of consensus side of things, we have a tier. We have a two-tiered consensus model, meaning that we have our tier one of consensus is proof of stake. That is people who are running a full node and using some of their energy to uh, actually produce new blocks and add new blocks onto the blockchain. On top of that, we have the master node network, which is our second tier of consensus. Um, those 
are uh, there to participate in the decentralized governance. They handle matters of like uh, voting on proposals, which is how our funding works. For example, the treasury is all proposals that are voted on by the masternodes, um, as well as changes to the protocol. As mentioned, the masternode collateral was just reduced from 10,000 to 1,000. Um, and that's an example of decentralized governance at work there. So those are kind of our two tiers of consensus and participating in that network and receiving rewards is what uh, a lot of our community is involved in. We have uh, on our Discord channel, we have Energy Rain, which is kind of a, a fun game that people can go play on the Discord. And, it, you know, you get energy through that mechanism and you can send it to other people on, on the Discord channel. So that's, uh, we'll be expanding that to other social platforms as well in, in the future. So um, that's one way that people are, are getting involved. And then going forward, uh, we're building some really cool things because we just launched our, our smart contract platform that enables a proliferation of dApp development. Uh, it enables some really cool expansion into DeFi that we're looking at. And then uh, the other thing that we're building is EnergyX, which is a zero commission cryptocurrency exchange. So all of these things really are the uh, the foundation of a tremendously powerful uh, combination of things. And what we build on top of them will be, you know, new financial instruments, synthetic assets, uh, stable coin, and having all of these, uh, these pieces work together. These are the most powerful things in all of, all of cryptocurrency, right? You need an exchange to be able to do certain things like uh, provide good source of financial data. Um, it can even be traded on for, for their decentralized apps. It can be um, traded through the exchange API. And then, uh, the smart contract platform enables the development of new assets, obviously, on, on the blockchain, similar to what we've seen on Ethereum, all of the Ethereum tokens and dApps that exist out there. Uh, and then the governance, which enables faster development, uh, better development, and ultimately a long-term funding model. Mm. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at your roadmap right now, energy.world forward slash roadmap. And you guys have been knocking things down since 2017. Just really say, here's our goals, pop, done, next. And you guys are trucking on this thing. And you guys have made it, it looks like, all the way up to the number 80 uh, crypto overall, which is one heck of an accomplishment. You guys are, are really doing some amazing stuff. And it looks like on the roadmap, you know, you got some you know, energy 3.0, as, as you mentioned, is just sort of launched. And you have some other things you mentioned, energy X. But you also say like next year, you got a great wallet coming out, the energy mobile wallet, which is designed to be as easy to use as Venmo and Cash App, which is coming. This is really exciting. So, you know, what are what are some of the things that uh, tell us a little bit about maybe energy 3.0? So you guys have you guys have already gone through two iterations. You're on your third iteration, like. Most projects don't get this far, folks. I mean, this is this is why we have these guys on here because they're doing some some really amazing things. So people are going to be able to build DApps and, and and do all kinds of things. What what are some of the things that really excite you about what's coming up with Energy? Yeah, um, Energy three point is a is a really huge accomplishment. I'm super proud of our team for for pulling it off. Um, it's something that was in the plans from the beginning. You know, we launched Energy Gen 1 was a proof of work coin with the treasury and the decentralized governance. Energy Gen 2 was when we hard forked over to proof of stake. That was on our, our roadmap as well from the beginning. Um, it was very important to us to have a good uh, 
fair distribution. We didn't do an ICO. We didn't do a pre-mine. In fact, we did kind of the opposite. We did a, a big airdrop. This is called the earn drop. That was um, 3.8 million energy was given out, valued over $6.6 million. And that was given out to members of the community. Um, we manually audited all of that to keep bots out of it. And, you know, bots from keeping a, you know, a huge <laughs> amount of the, the supply. So um, we did all of this to really get energy out there. You know, the proof of work phase was also kind of necessary to get a good distribution before we switched over to proof of stake. Um, and now we're on proof of stake and on a smart contract platform. That's our Gen 3. Uh, we did it in a way that, uh, as far as I know, has has never been done before. We did a we actually migrated from a Bitcoin based blockchain over to an Ethereum based blockchain, and we did that with uh, without a token swap or anything. There's no like coin swap. It was a trustless decentralized migration. Uh, so the way that that works is with your your private keys on um, our Gen Two wallet, which is a you know. Bitcoin based system and runs on UTXOs and everything. You could sign a message with those private keys to uh, claim those coins over on Gen 3. And that's done, you know, entirely client side. It can be done from your Gen 3 wallet. It can be done from, um, we have a client side D app called Energy Nexus that's kind of a, a front end for some Gen 3 capabilities, including the master nodes. And uh, yeah, that migration was was super cool. It's it super smooth. There's um, uh, most of the energy has been migrated already. It happened pretty quick, and seems overall people had a good experience with it. It was very easy to do the migration. Um, so that was that was really awesome. I mean, that's uh, it, it's kind of a novel thing too, and actually it's um, led to some interesting research on scaling solutions as well. Because if we can migrate over from a Bitcoin blockchain over to an Ethereum-based blockchain, that gives us some really interesting options in the future for, uh, you know, how, how do we avoid having a one terabyte chain that needs to be synced onto SSDs on a really expensive server, for example. So um, we got some cool stuff there. Definitely looking at, you know, I think right now we have a really good level of scalability uh, as compared with Ethereum. And that's part of that is the proof of stake. Part of that is the second tier of consensus, aka the masternode network is able to help with those scaling solutions. Part of that is our 60-second block time. So rather than a 13-second block time on Ethereum, we're at 60 seconds. Um, that kind of reduces some of the disk space requirements while still keeping the chain feeling nice and fast and responsive. Uh, Most so excellent. Yeah. That, that's great. Uh, Brian, the uh, the community is all over the place. I mean, you're on Twitter, Discord, Telegram, Instagram, Medium, Reddit, Facebook, YouTube, GitHub, LinkedIn, Bitcoin Talk, and Steemit. So if you guys want to ask questions, find out more, um, go to energy.world, and energy is spelled E-N-E-R-G-I. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, there you go. It's a trio, a tasty trio of interviews. Hopefully, everybody's got a full belly now. You feel like, yeah, you know, this guy's a bad crypto. They fed me. That was that mm. was delicious. It's true. And this I is been epi things. episode number three ninety five. I actually went into our analytics and I realized that we had this is will actually be episode. I guess this will actually be episode four seventy seven or four seventy eight <laughs> so that we've done dude. all total. Oh my gosh, it's so confusing. Should we go back and renumber everything? I, I think we should at episode 500. We should make 500. We get we get McAfee back in like a like a month. <laughs> episode 400. Now it's episode 500. Like how did that happen? Well, we just got tired of all of that. Other well, we skipped all the rest of them. Yeah. 
Hey, please make sure that you do share this content with friends, family members, business associates. It's a great time to gather around the podcast player and listen together as a family. Mm-hmm. And wash your hands. Yeah, I know. Like this, this last month, we've had some really great pieces of content. I mean, depending on how far you want to go back. But I mean, we did have the interview on March 15th with Dr. Ron Paul. Uh, we had the one with overcoming uh, fake news with Ben Swan. Uh, we also had Cedric Dahl on talking about the dark net, which was interesting. We're talking about Ron Paul. It said Drick Dahl. That's there for y'all to listen. Yeah, great. Thing. Great. That was really nice. Talking I just about- wanted to brush up for the Akon interview, you know, and make sure that I'm on point for that. <laughs> right. You might need to brush up a little bit more. Maybe like get a broom. Maybe just put down the damn brush. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just lay on like a bunch of bristles. It's like you need to osmosis that. Oh, we got Sheila Warren coming up as well with the World Economic Forum. That uh, was an amazing interview. That lady has so much personality. You'd think uh, I don't, I didn't know how to expect that. I was like, oh, it's someone from the World Economic Forum. She actually leads the blockchain council there. She's an attorney. She might be kind of stodgy. Nope. Hilarious. Like so much personality. It was just it was such a great interview. That's coming up. Good, because we don't have any personality here. That's true. We did have a great interview with Jed McCaleb not long ago as well, a couple episodes back, and one with Adam Kokesh. And we've got all kinds of great content in the can, all kinds of great content in the future. We're making uh, content in the bathroom. Great content right here, right now in your ear holes. And again, if you have not registered for Virtual Blockchain Week, this will be happening very, very soon. You're going to want to be part of this. Go to it right now virtualblockchainweek.com, register, and uh, do a little dance. Make a little love. Get registered tonight. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's JC and the Sunshine Travis Band. That's not true, no. And not at all. Why are you picking your nose? What's going on there? I had a bug. How can you tell? I forgot you could see. <laughs> I can see you. That's true. Like, he's just like, picking my bugs. He's just yeah, like I had one right there, right there on, you know the hanger on right there at the end. <laughs> the little, right there. <laughs> Travis is mining for gold. I was like, trying to get that. Like, well, it's it's here? bug coin. It's, the best. it's uh proof proof of proof of take. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.